Welcome to the Bamboo Earrings Podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening yet again for a, another episode. And today I have a special guest um, that I will uh, let him introduce himself. Okay. First of all, I'd like to thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Hiram McBurrows Jr. And I am currently the senior pastor of the Romulus Community Baptist Church located in Romulus, Michigan. All right. Well, thank you. Hiram, what a name. Give us some. I know you probably get this all the time. Where does that name come from? My daddy. (laughs) (laughs) His name is Hiram. (laughs) He is Hiram Sr. I am Hiram Jr. And then my eldest son is Hiram III. Does it have a meaning, Hiram? Yes, builder. Give us some history. Builder. It's it's, um, um, a biblical name, Hiram of Tyr who was Solomon's um, provider for building materials for the, for the temple. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I've never actually heard that name before. No. So I, I Hiram Walker, the alcohol whiskey. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, it's probably you and him. We're probably the only two people. Yeah, Hiram. Yeah, Hiram. And your father and your son. That is the name. First U.S. Senator, African-American Hiram Revels. You know what? No, because I, I wouldn't forget that name. Yeah, Hiram Revels. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Thank you for coming on today. Um, how did you know um, that you were called to be a pastor? Like, what what happened? Where you sleep and then it woke you up in a... <laughs> A lot of people have good mm-hmm, stories mm-hmm, about yeah. when you were caught. How did you know that you were supposed to do this? Okay. Um, I recall going to church um, as a kid with my grandmother, Mae Frances Johnson. Mm-hmm. And, of course, sitting in the balcony watching all the, the, the hoop to do as it related to the worship experience. Um, so from that... I was a praying kid at about five years old when we lived on Prairie Street in Detroit. And I was God fearing as a kid. And I used to pray as a kid at five years old. This this was my little norm for Saturday morning. Specifically, I would get up, shake the curtains, open the blinds. And if I could see the lint. Right. Yeah. In the sunlight. To me, that meant God was there and we could talk. Interesting. Right. So. So were you, you were raised in the church? Not particularly. Just with my grandmother. I would go with you her. Would go with my her. And so, because usually when kids go from time mm-hmm. to time, they don't really pick that up. Right. right. Wow. Okay. And so we didn't go for years, I think, after that, from about five to seven, maybe, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And then there was no real religious experience in my direct home, mm-hmm. right? With my mother, she was she was a believer, but not really committed. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, um, you better go to church if you're going, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't until um, I was probably 18 mm-hmm. that I had actually gone back to church. I think that probably the last time that I went to church was probably in 1972 at Liberty Temple on East 7 Mile Road. There was a minister there from Florida named um, Up to Grove, and my mother had 
these great big warts on both of her knees, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the place was packed, and he said, there's a lady here that has warts on her knees. If you go to the bathroom, God is going to heal you. She went to the bathroom. She came back with one of the ushers, and she had all of this dust in both of her stockings, mm-hmm. right? And right. Now, so this is like happening in front of all these people. Right. And and it caught my sister's attention and I, because nobody knows that my mother has these big old warts on her knees mm-hmm. and she comes back, the dust is in her stockings, her legs are completely clear. That did it for me. Wow, the prophecy. <laughs> wow. So you were like, I believe because I saw it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How old were you at the time? 13. Were you, were you afraid to answer the call? Mm, well, the call didn't come until I was about 19. Okay. But so it was those events, right? That made you believe. Yeah, yeah. But then when you were 19, then you were like, I, I know now that I'm called to preach. Oh, absolutely. Was it a life event at that age that made you say, okay, I believe, but now I'm, I'm called to. I heard the voice of God. I had gotten a bunch of girls pregnant. I was Doing my thing as a young person. Outside in these streets. Oh, yeah, I was in the streets. (laughs) Streets of Detroit. I was 18. And Mm -hmm. and I came home one night after having this discussion Mm -hmm. with this young lady about this child. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, we'll pay for it and do what we need to do. Right. And that night when I came home, I heard his voice say, if you don't stop now, you're going to hell. I've been going to church ever since then. Wow. (laughs) That's a good story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I know a lot of people have that story. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not called to preach, but that they've had these events in their life when they figured, like, I need to do something different. An epiphany? Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely. It. Mm-hmm. That's it. Absolutely. So your journey as mm-hmm. a pastor, um, how has, can you tell us a little bit about how did you, how did you get started preaching? I joined the Leland Baptist Church in 78, and the pastor of the church, Leland, of course, was a very large congregation. He didn't, he didn't know me from Adam. Mm-hmm. After I joined, um, one day he called me into his office, right? I, I probably didn't know him per se, right. right? Especially from that perspective of pastoral ministry and involved because I wasn't a church kid, right? Right. And so he saw me one day and he said, I want you to go to the dean's office, Dean Claude Singleton. Right. And take this book with you. And it was a Sunday school book. Now I'm I'm 19, right? Eight, right. eight, 19, 20. So I get to the dean's office. He had called the dean and told the dean, I want you to take this young man and make him the teacher of the senior deacons and preachers. And you were just attending off the, the street, off the street, four months. And you took this challenge like, OK, yeah, he I'll was, do it. He was the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> he he must have knew what he was talking about. I mean, most people say, you know what? I don't think you meant to pick me so i don't know i think that was initially my response right i didn't know from the time that i got the book and walked down to the hall that that was the plan and Ah, so the dean come with me and you're like wait he sent me he said go down to the dean's office blah blah don't go around turn left whatever and claude singleton who was the dean of education right he had already informed him that i would be 
the teacher for the senior deacons and preachers. And I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know it was a Genesis. Right. Right. (laughs) Not yet a revelation. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so how did you. How did you learn? Well, it's an expositor. I could always read. I could always articulate. Right. Mm -hmm. He gave me the expositor. Mm -hmm. And the dean told me, if you stick to the book, you'll be safe because these guys they gonna come after you, and she, absolutely, that's exactly what I, these are guys 50, 60, so, 70 I mean, so years you old, just, right? Yeah, so you just you you got into it, you you learned it from reading, right? And and being exposed to the education exp- department, right? Okay, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, because I know um, I have an uncle that um, was being ordained to be a pastor, and he, I mean, he had to do a lot of it was a whole like a court like a. I guess a a major, right? Yeah, like it's absolutely. A, lots of reading, lots of um, trial runs in front of uh, mm-hmm. you know congregations, and I, I've been to a few of them, and I'm like, man, this is this is a lot more than I thought involved, it was. Right. And, it, and it is because it's it's like a process, mm-hmm. right? You get licensed if you're going to preach, which means that you can legally preach, right? And then there's the ordination, which has to do with the tenets of the faith and maturity and having an understanding mm-hmm. about the scripture. So, yeah. So and it was like a a board that oh, had to vote to say. That's right. <laughs> I was like, this is a little bit. Much. I mean, he did it and he, you know, he began to preach. But I'm like, this is like, you know, when you're sitting in the congregation and you're thinking like you see. Um, you know, all these pastors and there are some that are effective yeah. and then there are some that are not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like in any field. <laughs> right. And that's true. That is yeah. in any field. So yeah. you got to know, I guess that's the thing is trying to figure out what's the best place for you based on your, I mean, what, what, what could feed you or, or who could be the, the leader that you'd be willing to follow. Right. Is it's difficult for for I guess you know for some people, but you know I guess that's that's the thing is it's different types of preachers and you got to mm-hmm. pick which one is different types of giftings. And I think what happens in the the local church mm-hmm. is that sometimes because of the history and its processes mm-hmm. that you are kind of steered the wrong way. Yeah. Right. You, you you have to be careful that the group that you are part of is vetting you for what your gifting is. Yeah. So, yeah. So just as important as the followers to pick a right church is just as important for you to be mentored right. by people that that are your tribe, I guess. Right? And that knows your gifting. Right. <laughs> because what you, what you, yeah, yeah. the, the, the teacher, the, the preacher, whether or not a person is extemporaneous, they can just get up and say it as opposed to having to have notes. I mean, you've got to have some people to walk you through all of that to really show you who you are and what your gifting is and what your level is. Right. (laughs) So it's just like, have you, what's the worst experience you've had? Have you gotten up there and blew it? Yeah. (laughs) Like, did you Mm, know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. how did you overcome that? Get up and do it again. 
<laughs> right? Because if you if you got real mentors, they're going to tell you. Oh, that wasn't even, it. Look, even the mothers of the church and people, right? You know how people are, right? right. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I didn't learn until I was older <laughs> that when people say, uh, take your time, that means that you head down, <laughs> you head down the wrong uh Wrong path. The right. wrong path. Right. They, they're telling you, like, you know, it's, you need to figure out what you're going to do next because that ain't it. So you learn to hear that. There you go. There you go. It took me a minute. I was like, he is taking his time. What yeah. are they talking about? Right. That's what they're talking about. A little by words. Those little bench words, right? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So, man, so you can bomb as a pastor, huh? Oh, absolutely. Almost every Sunday. You know, so how can you tell when you're doing good? I guess you get people shouting, right? No, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I think that 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 measurement is misleading. Is it the amount of people that you have in your church? No, I, 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 it's what, not even that, right? No, I think what it is is remembering who you work for and your purpose. Because right. if you are an entertainer then you're going to thrive and respond to people's responses to what you're saying. And mm-hmm. that can be very misleading. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because I'm like, what's the secret sauce to these mega churches then? Right? So you have your storefronts mm-hmm. and you got your mega churches. Mm-hmm. And okay, I'm gonna, I've been to a mega church and I'm not going to say the name. Mm-hmm. And I used, I called it like designer church. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because I'm like, he's saying all the things. Right. But why is so many and, and get all the, you know, like celebrity people to come and this and that. I'm like, what is this? That's the difference when people are trying to get people to come. Right. I think it's our culture. Our culture is has moved from a, a kind of homogeneous type of family environment mm-hmm. to a mega. It's going on. All my friends. Because I say I went to this church that kind of makes me it. It's not. It's more the okay. name of the church. Okay. okay. Right. There you go. Not necessarily the message you're getting. Mm-hmm. And the purpose, I mean, and the purpose, yeah. Young people, why wouldn't they go to a church? Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of people. Church. Yeah, they're looking for husbands and wives and social. Right, they're not looking to be committed to ministry. Yeah, right. They're looking f- to have a great time. They're young people, right? And yeah. then there are a lot of old people. That's true. Right, people who really don't want to work in ministry. They just want to enjoy the ambiance and the environment. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to the local churches where you're known. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like then people kind of hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. And where have you been and what are you wearing and who is this person? That's true. So how do you answer uh, people that talk about they doubt you? Right. Because they are comparing. Well, I knew this pastor and he was taking money and mm-hmm. he was doing mm-hmm. what was is not right. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you overcome that? And try to bring people in when they already are hesitant, because because I like when I talk to people, I, I'm a Christian and I try to. If I'm having a conversation with some, someone about potentially, you know, maybe joining a church mm-hmm. or, you know, trying God, mm-hmm. 
the first thing they bring up is, I know this pastor and he was taking money and this and that. Like, blah, how do blah, you blah, overcome yeah. that? Yeah, I, I think because we see it a lot. Yeah, I think it, especially nowadays. And, and I don't think it's been any difference in the historicity of the church. I, I think that is all because guess what? That's what from from Noah to Jesus warned us about wolves and sheep's clothing, mm-hmm. clothing and how to vet situations. You will know them by their work. So this is not some new phenomena that you get a jackleg preacher, if you'll allow that term, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing of it is, is that our job, my job mm-hmm. is to prove to you that God sent me. Mm. Right? That's my job. Mm-hmm. Forget about what everybody else is doing because mm-hmm. you know that they're out there. Yeah. Right? But yeah. when you're in my presence, right? Mm-hmm. Under my auspices, mm-hmm. right? My job mm-hmm. is to prove to you that God sent me. If I'm doing it by the book mm-hmm. and saying what the book says, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's your protection. Because I think some people get caught up in the the power. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so they may... St- I- think like they start off doing the right thing mm-hmm. and, and 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 pastoring in the, in the right but okay then it starts getting big and then people start looking at them as part of it this superior person and then the money starts coming in and then all of a sudden now he's on the news yeah. right you're famous you you're yeah. known you're <laughs> right like, but it's just like it, it's 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 like a marriage mm-hmm. let's use a little common denominator right mm-hmm you spend a lot on that day, right? You yeah. you pour a lot into the moment, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens over time in yeah. a marriage? The marriage, it's, that's, that's work. It starts deteriorating, start, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's mundane. It's yeah. every day. It's pressure, yeah. right? It's, it's hard. It's <laughs> this, that's the same dynamic, right, for yeah. any institution or person, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's the mundaneness. It is for some people. It's the glamour. It's the glitz. It's ah. you know, wonderful job. Somebody patting you on your head and patting you on your back. All of that can be very deceptive, deceiving, and it can throw you off a of course. I mean, hey, it's just. I mean, that's a good analogy because yeah, it's like a marriage because like it's like cheating that short term, okay? Right? There you go. And then it doesn't. It doesn't last. I mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't. It can last. It doesn't fulfill you. Though. Okay. Okay. Because right? the idea is, is that I think that is what the idea of forgiveness and holding people accountable. Right. right. Because what we have, we have a public obligation. Yeah. Right. You, you, you vet me publicly. You right. ordain me publicly you critique me publicly right yeah you license me publicly right is yeah. that's the same as a marriage you have all of these people sitting there these people are considered witnesses right they're your friends they're your family and all of that yeah, but the but idea they're they yeah. witnesses so when they see you or they see me and they say well i know your husband and i know your wife it is their job to say, well, who is that? Mm-hmm. Or who is this, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's a that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess an example, actually, you do lead, lead by example. I mean, because you are my neighbor and um, we have a neighbor that was in need. And I think you were the only person that I know of that that helped this neighbor that was in need. And I'm like, okay, that is um, leading by example, whether they follow you or not. But what? you, out of all people, <laughs> did. So, yeah, I guess you you are uh, walking the walk. I be trying. Brother, be trying, you know. Okay, so here's my next question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you think is the difference between religion and spirituality? Hmm. I think that I think that that's broad, it, yeah. Be, because religions versus denominations, right? Yes. How I view religion, I, re, I first of all, I view religion as Catholicism, Judaism, Hindu, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Muslim. Yes. To me, that's those are religions. Mm-hmm. Right. Denominations are Catholic and Baptist within, and within yeah. the context of right of the Christian faith. They all have a sense of spirituality. They do. Absolutely. And they are very similar in some way. And there, oh, there you if have you, it. If you, if you dig into it. Right. And so to me, I, I don't think that describes fully what we're after. Because spiritualists, right, voodoo, that, that's spiritualism, right? So when you start talking those terms, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, they're, they're all spiritual. They Whether they're are. accurate or not. They are, but I, listen, this is what I think. Okay. I think that religion and, I think, Religion and um, I'll just say I'll call it. I'll just stick with the religion aspect, mm-hmm. of it, religious aspect. It boxes you in, right? Not to say that you believe in many gods, but you there's a way to do it, and there's right, because only I think one that- way to do it. When God is so beyond a religion. A specific okay, religion. Okay. So I do uh-huh. know that there is, right, there's Catholic and Protestant yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, that are under the umbrella of Christianity, Christianity, right? right? Mm-hmm. But they all dictate how you should. They all have doctrines worship. that they abide by, right? They have, right. Why is it necessary to do that when you can just say, I'm a believer and God or Christ. But you can. You can. You can. <laughs> but I think that's what gets people tripped up where they're like, well, you don't do it the way I do it. Okay. Okay. Right? Okay. So then it's not right. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you have all these denominational issues, right? Yes. Who's right? Mm-hmm. Who is who is close and as accurate? Who who is actually holding Jesus's hand versus versus right, right. the the, uh, the hem of his garment? Right? <laughs> right. It's like so. But this is what Jesus said. He said, Mark nine. Mark nine. I don't have my Bible in front of me. I think mm-hmm. it's Mark nine. He says the disciples, the apostles, they come and they say, 
Lord, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. And Jesus said, forbid him not, for there is no man who can do a miracle in my name, can speak lightly of me. He that is not against us is for us. Wow. That that answers the question oh, there, wow. right there, right? right? So it, it says, <laughs> wait a minute, no matter how accurate I think I may be in doctrine, right? maybe that's not the fullest measure of what following Jesus is really all about, right? Right. Jesus said that. I didn't say that. Right. So when I'm looking at a person whose doctrine may be a little bit different because it's all by revelation. Yes. Right. You have many ex Jehovah Witnesses. You have many ex Baptists, many ex Pentecostals. Right. They go from one denomination to another Mm. because they start opening the book and they don't necessarily have the same revelation or see it from the perspective that they started with. Mm -hmm. And some people aren't, they don't, some people don't go to church. Right. 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 And there are types of personalities in the faith. So it shows you that that that's really no real big measurement about who you got to know the Lord for yourself. yourself. (laughs) That's true. Right. So would you, well, let me ask this question. Mm-hmm. Is it okay for people, do you think it's okay for people to explore other religions? Absolutely. Because Denominations. I know some people don't. They they are like, you better not, you know, read this or that or the Quran or whatever, right? Because it, it may make make you, uh, it may veer you in the wrong direction, I guess, right? Is an easy way to well, say I think, it. Well, right? I think that the first thing is that you need to become rooted and grounded in the faith, because all of us as believers, we are called to apologetics. Now, apologetics is the defense of the faith. How do I know to defend the faith if I don't know what the presentation, right, of somebody else is, right? Mm-hmm. Am I just going to write them off without knowing what they believe? Right. Right. So I've got to know something about what they believe. One of the things when you go to Quantico, Virginia, when when you're learning um, Secret Service agencies and Treasury agents, what they learn, they learn first how to critique a real dollar. Mm. Right. They know what it looks like. They know what it feels like. They know what they're looking for. And then they present a bunch of false stuff. And if it doesn't have the proper feel, the proper texture, the proper look, you know, because, right, you, you've had the you real thing. Right, right. So you know that inside. There and out. you go. Yeah. OK. All right. All right. Well, all right. Here's my my next question. Well, um, how do you speak to new believers? You have um, younger people that attend your church and it's another generation from when you started. Right. Life things have changed. D- in the you know over time right how okay. do you reach um new believers in these challenging times when the social media um you know corruption everywhere okay um i'm a fixed on your terminology okay you said new believers yes or are you talking about how do you evangelize this generation? Because if they're believers, I got them. Well, I guess let's look at both, right? <laughs> okay. There I mean 
I, I don't want to even, you can't even put an age on it, right? Because if you haven't been exposed to Christ and you bring someone and, you know, mm-hmm. they come to your church, how do you grab them with all this, this uh, going on, right? What, what, and then the younger ones that you do have that parents was in the church, how do you keep them? Well, that's, that is proven to be a challenge in every generation, right? Um, retaining. Yeah. Right. And then really getting something new. Yeah. It's probably, it's pro- now, a lot of people may, may, may not agree with this. It's probably easier to get somebody that doesn't go to the church. Really? Then See, to, to me, I thought that would be the hardest. Then to retain someone that already knows. That's all, that already, and, there yeah. you go. My experience has been, and remember, this is 46 years talking, right? Right. That church kids, a lot of them are familiar because attending. It's just routine. For it's them. just routine, right? Yep. I have four PKs, preacher's kids, yep. right, who felt like, you know, <laughs> um, your lifestyle didn't afford me the opportunity to do everything other uh, other kids do, which was not true, right? Yeah. It was just their perception. Yeah. So what they, what church kids do, they make the exit. Yeah. Sometimes they were never converted. They just went. Yeah. It was just the norm. Yeah. Right? And then you, you can't really say anything against it when Jesus said, um, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, not for such is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Right. So, but the natural human dynamic, mm-hmm. right, that we all become prodigal. Yeah. Right. When you think about when you've, bo- you've been born in the house. Right. Yeah. And having been born in the house, you're familiar with all the dynamics and the furniture. And the, but yeah. Yeah. But what happened to the prodigal son? He wanted to he, taste the world. Yeah. And, and he got his stuff. And he came back and he booked. Right? Yeah. He left. And yeah. He, and then he came back. Right. Yeah. Have you ever thought about the the age in which those experiences happen? I can pretty much say because we've had large youth departments the whole time because I, I began as a youth minister. Mm-hmm. When parents stop bringing them. Yeah. When they're and, able to make choices on they their get own. those car yep. keys. Right. Yep. Or they go away to the university. They may come back and visit. Right. Because, listen, I've measured this stuff over the years. Right. They'll they'll come back to get the scholarship. Right. Right. But when you see them. They look different. Yeah. Right. They sassy. Had a little taste of the world. Right. They sassy. Right. (laughs) And all of that. And and normally what happens from about 17 to about 32. Right. Life done beat them up. (laughs) They got a few babies. Right. Church kids done been to jail, prison, all of that. Yep. Right. And just about 30 ish, 32, 35, here they come. Here they come. Here they come back. Yeah. In the meantime, the house is filled with people that we have evangelized off the street. Okay. So now I'm picking up what you're throwing down now. (laughs) I am with, yeah, you can get the new people because they never even, it, it wasn't routine for them. Right. This is 
excited. They're, now. they're running they're like, Wait from a minute, that, right? They're, they're running from that, right, right? Right. And church kids want to experience that. Right. Right. You know what's funny? <laughs> it's not funny. Mm. So I was raised in the church, and I never stopped. But <laughs> what, there were. What does but mean? Go ahead. <laughs> there was. There was periods uh-huh. where. Yeah, it was routine. And I used to, and I talked to, okay, at this age, this old age that mm-hmm. I'm at now, right? I talked to some of my friends, and we, at this point in life, now get it what our parents and grandparents, because my grandmother used to say, keep on living, okay. right? And I used to be like, because first I used to sit there, I'm like, they ain't even start preaching yet. What yeah. is you shouting for? Mm-hmm. Like, what? You're just showing off is what you're doing. I used to be like, she just ain't, she ain't sang the whole song mm-hmm. yet. And mm-hmm. you crying to my, you know. And I used to be like, what? What did, they just showing out. Mm-hmm. She just wanted us to see them shoes she got on, right? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't get it. Now, <laughs> I'll start crying. If you, listen. The right song come mm. on, and I start thinking about life uh, and the things life. that reality God and brought me through, mm-hmm. or that I just I start crying <laughs> and, and shouting too. So I'm like, now nah, I get it. But I used to be like, ah, what? Because it was routine for mm-hmm. me to go sit there. I, we would be there, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew all the sermons. I, I mean, I could tell you the difference between different types of pastors. Like you're talking about the hooping pastor and then the one that give us the text and then the one like, so I, I, I've done all that. You church, right? The, yes. Uh, it all, right. you know, uh, you know, large churches, small churches, you know, so I get it. It's just, uh, it's, it's crazy. And trying to keep the younger people engaged yeah. and understanding, but with everything that is going on, which things have always been going on, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm just living it. Right. So, but that's what, cause like I have a 25 year old daughter and Mm -hmm. she is going through things in life as I watching things go Mm -hmm. up and it tests your faith. Right. And once you start testing it, you like, wait, this, what? Mm -hmm. I I need to start praying because it's something to it. Mm -hmm. It's something to it. (laughs) But, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is, it's, like in these times, like it just seems like, you know, everybody think it's the last days. They've been saying it's the last days. My grandmother was saying it was the last days back in 1975 and yeah. it, it haven't happened because, you know, and I always like, well, we won't know when it's the last day. Well, I think you right? will. But I, they progressively. Saying, I know there are yeah. signs, but there's always been signs of the last days. Right. So, and, you know, I like everybody trying to get right with the Lord and mm-hmm. they trying to say that some of the things that's, you know, social media is just another thing. Right. Where we think is, oh, it's the end of the world. But it's just it's another part of life. Right. That mm-hmm. we need to start trying to figure out. But yeah, it's just interesting. Like, how do you keep the younger people engaged in staying connected and when you out there, you know, knowing who you can call on and all of that. I think know, I think you- the thing of it is, is that wh- why I stick to biblical truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only thing that's going to hold up. Yeah. At the end of the day, you are going to remember what I said. You are go- that's true. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. You're going like to remember you, what I said. You try to like when you think you're talking to your kid and you yeah. think they don't hear you. And then they repeat something. You like you was listening yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It'll come back. I yeah. guess it'll recall, right? Yeah. 
It's the same thing with my spiritual sons and daughters who are pastors and preachers. Mm -hmm. When they were cut up in the house, mm -hmm. right? You couldn't get them under control. Mm -hmm. They knew more than you, blah, right. blah. It's the same dynamic because, let me, let me sidebar, what qualifies the pastor is the home. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it, 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 it says that if any man desires this office of the pastor of the bishop let him be the husband of one wife domestic mm -hmm. having children having it in order right mm -hmm. because yeah. if a man does not know how to take care of his own home how can he how she how can he handle the church of god right yeah so the dynamic is the same mm. right it's like it is yeah okay they are like well, your children they're like your children and the same thing your kids do Right at the house. Mm -hmm. That's how church people are. Right. Right. Do you think. Okay. Well, let me kind of transition a little bit mm -hmm. into like the pandemic. Okay. That was just. We obviously haven't ever seen a pandemic in my lifetime. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, things shut down. Nobody has ever seen that. Mm -hmm. um, how did that. I mean, did that give you any revelation? Oh, yeah, did, absolutely. I mean, it. How can I mean, because everybody was changed from that situation, right? Absolutely. So how did you, one, get through, preach through that, deal with it as a man, a person? And then how do you keep other people? How did you keep everybody else calm? Right. Because I know everybody was scared. Mm. <laughs> OK, that's a two part. That's, I know that's a loaded yeah. question. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's a loaded question because of my experiences Personally, mm -hmm. um, I am, and I say this humbly, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, right. right? I've educated and mentored and been a part of organizations for 46 years, right? right? I train pastors and mm -hmm. friends and taught mm -hmm. on all levels college level the whole nine right yeah on all levels right i acquired friends mm -hmm. the pandemic first of all to me was was probably unwelcomed but very necessary yeah because there, there had been a lot of armchair quarterbacking going on for years. Yeah. Right. In the sermons, in the presentation, mm -hmm. in the preaching, in the religious experience. And God is able to do this and he's got all power and people run and run into the walls and, you know, <laughs> and run to the altar and put money on the floor. Right. Jesus can do anything. Yeah. Right. He got all power. The devil can't do me no harm. You better not. Right. All yep. of that church stuff. Right. Yeah. And when the devil showed his face, people got scared. We shut, shut down. down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We shut down. Uniquely for me, I was one of the only churches that remained open. The organizations that I was a part of, they shut down. And I'm like, while I appreciate Facebook and meetings and, and using media, yeah. Right. We are not the world. 
right? We are not the world. And so what happens is, is that we are a promise organization. Okay. We, we exist on the promises of God. Right. We believe on somebody we've never seen. Yeah. It's all of this is unseen. Yeah. Right. Right. So here we have this challenge. And everybody breaks and runs. My my so-called friends was like, I don't know what happened to Mac. He a fool. <laughs> right. My congregation was like, we have a large congregation. It was like they. It's like, you know, people dying. Oh, yeah. All of that. Right. <laughs> Right. But people die every day. Right. They do. Now, now, let me say this. It wasn't all about the people who endured and just kept doing what the Lord said to do. Yeah. I think for the first time, people really thought about their mortality. Yeah. I'm not talking about you texting. Right. And almost have an accident. You say, oh, God, you know, that kind of thing. Right. I'm talking about every day. Right. Right. You are faced with the issue of your mortality. Yes. A lot of people had not come to grips with the issue of death as individuals. For God, I live and for God, I die. You, you, you're a church girl. You, you don't heard all that. Right. Right. When the deal came down. Right. right but it's easy said. I think that's the point. Remember, I said that we had a lot of armchair quarterbacking. Yeah. Right. Tell me, as you fantasize about life, right? In every situation, you were the hero. Think about it. When when it when it comes to the well, beauty yeah, sure when, when it comes to the beauty pageant, yeah. Right. You were the winner. Right. Yeah. If it was cast text president, you were yeah. El Presidente, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, you were always the hero, right? This kind of like armchair quarterback. I'm LeBron, right? There's no control. You had lost control here. Right. And this, you said, wait a minute. I can die for real because I'm watching this. I'm looking at the news, right? That's scaring people. And yeah. people... I, I said it like this, and it wasn't funny to people. I'm like, so so you done joined the CDC and done left JC, right? <laughs> right? Because, right? Yeah. Right? It's like, wait a minute. Now, I had COVID four times. Mm-hmm. Never missed a day. Yeah. Before they knew what it was, it almost killed me. Mm-hmm. And I told them, oh, I'm not going to the hospital because nobody was coming out. Yeah. Right? I The first time that I had it, which was February when it first started, right? Mm-hmm. I had it for five weeks. Mm-hmm. Thought I was going to die. Mm-hmm. I told my I'm, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm going to work. Mm. Me, and the, me and the Lord, <laughs> this is what he told me to do. Right. Every Sunday, right at the close of a message, I say that the doors of the church are open. Okay, we're not telling people not to go to the hospital. But oh, I of get course not. We're not I saying get, that. I, <laughs> get, you, you, I get your right, point, right, though. Like, right. it, it is... That's the thing, too, because I did come to a realization. I'm like, not that, okay, I think we took all the per, the precautions, but this is what we've been reading and talking about. Like, this is it right here. And the game is on. Why are we forgetting that? I know we need each other to remind each other sometimes of. 
And it's not over. I think. Part, but I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think. Remember what I said. For the first time, we were forced to think about the reality of our mortality. I yeah. can die. Yeah. I right? mean, that's our relationship with death. I'm going to tell you because I think the older that I get, the more closer I have gotten to death mm-hmm. the idea of mm-hmm. it because i was i was afraid of it ain't trying to die <laughs> like i like really like really which has impacted my my whole life like mm-hmm. everything is trying not to die right <laughs> so so like so i've had like in the last five years like i don't know four very close family members mm-hmm. hospice situations mm-hmm. right get real close to mm-hmm. death like real close to mm-hmm. it and so I'm not as afraid, but yeah, I can see that is where is all this whole fear is coming mm-hmm. from. But so you kept going to church, you kept kept it open, kept church open through mm-hmm. this pandemic, mm-hmm. and now we're on the other side of it. Mm. Well, I mean, I we're think not we're in the middle of a wave. I think, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. I think we're in the middle of a wave. I think it's. <laughs> I think that it's going to come back again, and I think that it's going to be worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have to, we got to, I guess, what what do we do but pray and, and let, let you trust God. God. Tr- you, tr- let, you, you trust God. Yeah. I, I believe in science. I believe in medicine. That That's the framework, yeah. the bedrock of society, right? Yeah. Science. God gave us science. Right. Anatomy <laughs> and physiology, doctors. right? Right. Yeah. Biology, right? Chemistry, right? Yeah. That's how we determine who we are, yeah. right? Male and female. It's yeah. just science, right? Right. So the idea was, is that. During that time, it was untested. There yeah. were no peer reviews. There was all of right. this. We got to do this. And now that they're finding out, wait a minute, these vaccines are presenting problems. Yeah. Right. And it's like, well, for all the people who, okay, CDC is the new pastor. We're going to follow him. Yeah. Well, we church folk, right? It was church people. It was yes, churches. And, yeah, Dr. Fauci is not my doctor. Right? Like, I don't know. Yes. It was churches <laughs> where you could go and get, and get, get the, the shot. Vaccine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they all was dialed into it. Yeah. They were all. Yeah. Right. But I was like, no. Yeah, me too. No. Me too. We're going to believe God. Yeah. And keep it moving. Yeah. So I think that that. It was good in that it brought us to this place of it was a interpersonal kind of faith. Forget about what everybody was doing, because when you went home, you thought about it every day. Wait a minute. Oh, every day, all day. It made you pray. Oh, harder than I ever prayed before in my life. Yeah. So that's the revelation. I mean, like I thought I was praying. I bet I learned how to pray. (laughs) Doing this pantip, I was putting oils all on top. Oh, thank you. I took all the things that I learned in life. I probably used it in that time period you where, you know, you 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 take it, you put it in your toolbox, and then you put it in the garage. Absolutely, and I think that which is it needed. That to, was the revelation. It that needed I had. to happen. Yeah, it it needed to happen. So you think we're in the middle of this wave, huh? Yeah, I think it's coming. I don't. I, I have no idea. Well, no. Something may be coming, but you don't know. I mean, oh, I think it, that it's so, COVID. I don't think that. Yeah. Listen, we got to deal with that again. So this is the prep preparing us yeah. for something. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I think that brought out a lot. I was, this is why I was asking about what revelation did you have, right? So I guess your answer for. It, what revelation you had as a pastor and as a man is the same. Faith works. Yeah. 
I, it, yeah. it, listen, listen, I believe my one of my gifts is healing, right? Yeah. But I, I was sick four times with it. Yeah. Four separate times, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and you you over you overcame it. Who who am I? So God, but yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah, I, I'm 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 not some special person sitting up. I had to trust God through it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that leads me to not the physical. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the mental. Okay. Right. Um. Through this, I mean, people were having all kinds of um. Mental. Behavioral. Okay issues right not only i mean they already had it this kind of exacerbated a little bit right it stressed (laughs) it out right um what role does because some people say don't go don't you don't really need to go see a therapist you just need to pray (laughs) right i I don't i I mean what is your thoughts on like mental have you had to counsel people absolutely through the mental taxing you know the taxing on the mental that this not only this but just life now like this that's one of the things mm-hmm. like the virus was one of the things and the shutdown and the being in for two years and all that the job loss okay. the- but now you got yeah you got uh th- increase in prices and um you know mm-hmm. jobs not being available um right the, fa- the fallout yes the fallout yeah um Human beings, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's what makes us who we are, mentality right. and spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the condition of the heart. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us who we are. Yes, I have had to counsel. Just like I have to counsel a woman in postpartum, yeah. right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That it's real. Yeah. And because I'm not a doctor, mm-hmm. I would dare not step over into a field or refer somebody to a person that had not been vetted or is a professional. Right. I did what I could do as a counselor and a pastor. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there were some people who needed some Seroquel. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? They they you had need to it. tell them like, listen. I think that you need to see a professional. Yeah, which is good. You know, that's good as a pastor because a lot of pastors don't they don't counsel people to see someone else because they try to be fixing it all. Like yeah, and, I, they and, think they can fix it all. I, I I think that that spirituality is 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 truth, right? But this mm-hmm. relationship. These absolutes that we have in God, it is truth, mm-hmm. right? J- Jesus affirms physicians. Why should yeah. I? De- why should I deny one? Right. Yeah. Because, like we said, Jesus made them too, right? Thank so you. That, it's a reason. It's in existence. They're on the same. We're, we're, on the, we're on the we're same helping, team, yeah. right? We're on, <laughs> we're on the, healing, health, right? Holistic, right? Right. We're, we're all on the same team, right. right? My expertise only goes so far. Yeah. Right. But now I'm not going to send you to a quack or I'm not going to send you to somebody who could ultimately send you back to me in a worse way. Yeah. So what what do you what would you say is the most challenging thing about pastoring? Mm, People and yourself. Because what I'm asking people to do. 
is to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So I have to I have to deal with all of these different personalities. Mm-hmm. Right. All of these different groups, old men and young men and older women and married and, you and single and to kids, all these different yeah, right? so, personalities. So I have to make sure that the diet mm-hmm. is efficacious, right? That that what I am saying, right? Yeah. Is true from front to back and it's applicable. For everyone. For everyone. Yeah. Right? And then our issue, we come to church to have our sins addressed. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how different am I? I got to I gotta serve the right diet, counsel and lead these people right, and then I got to keep myself under control? Yeah, that's a lot. Oh, shoot. I mean, that's, you know what? I mean, that's that's leadership. But, and, but you have a, as a pastor, because you have a responsibility, which is different than just leadership. Because leadership is, here's a goal, right? right. I'm a leader at work, right? right? It's like, here's a goal. I got to lead these people so we can do this goal. Whether you believe it or, Whether, do it or not, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But as a, a pastor, you got to like, you're responsible for their souls. There you go. That's a lot of responsibility. And then everything that I do is evaluated. Right. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's got to right. be How my wife thing. dresses, how I yeah. dress, what we drive, where right. we live, how our kids behave, right? Or you can't spend too much money. You can't spend, you can't be too broke because they'll be like, what you, you can't, what, what you say. Mm-hmm. With everything. So that's hard. That is and my, challenging. And my wife knows, she already knows that when I have a decision to make, mm-hmm. she knows what criteria I'm going by. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For, for, forget about the fact that I can afford the Bentley. Right. It's how, what's the optic? There you go. It's like, oh, I can afford it. I don't retire from other places. Yeah. I've been working since I was 10. I've been paying taxes since I was 14. Right. Yeah. I've retired from other places. So yeah. money is not the issue. Yeah. But the how I use it. Yeah. Right. Can become a detriment. So it's yeah. like, okay. So everything that I do, I have to think about what somebody's going to think about it. And there's a lot of people that will say, Well, you don't have to do it. Yes, you do. Yeah. Because your goal is to get 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 through to them and sometimes they can't see what you're saying for what they go. see. There you go. So you tone that's, it down. Yeah, that's unfortunate that you. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But that's responsible. Yeah, and that's a response that everybody can't do that. But it's like makeup, right? It's like modesty. Yeah. How come that's this? How come that's not applicable yeah. to everything that we do? It's it's just not about how a woman dresses, right? Yeah. She's to dress herself modestly, right? Mm. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Maybe she don't want to. Right, and, <laughs> and and if she goes over the top, right, the fa- the much. fallout, right, and so it's the same thing with the pastor, right, and how he lives his lifestyle is to be a modest lifestyle, right, because mm-hmm. when because when people look at that, yeah, Miss Angie over here is why she laughing. She already noticed all things. 
shit. We had these conversations all the time. No, she, she knows. Right? <laughs> it's like, you know, I like I like lime green. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but you see me in some lime green pants with some lime green gators, right? You, right. You, you know what I'm saying? It was in some contacts that look right. like leopard. You be like, what's wrong with him? Don't he know? Is isn't he what what did we say? Isn't he a pastor? Right. Doesn't right. he know better? He should know better. But you are a man first, though. So okay. I get it's a struggle, right? I mean, you are a human being. I think a lot of people forget that you 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 are a human being mm-hmm. and you have feelings and mm-hmm. emo- like you, you know, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't. But they don't, don't concern really themselves that. with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just so long as you are not doing what they're doing. Yeah. It's okay for them, but it's not okay, okay for, for you because you. you're the pastor. That's challenging. So what's the most rewarding? To see families stay together, mm-hmm. to see young men take the responsibility of a wife or or young lady take the responsibility of a husband and children, right? And try their best to live right. So to see families thrive and be mm-hmm. those kids that you talk to all that. during the years, mm-hmm. to see and them they come back together, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That's true. Right. I can see how that can be rewarding. Yeah. Like, you know, they they listen, they're listening and mm-hmm. they are still a Christian because some people go off at a certain age and decide they You're saying what I want to do. Something else. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um I guess that I mean, what's rewarding in my my one of my final questions was what inspires you to keep going and And I think that's it. And that's then the it. and then the fact that I've been told, mm. this is why you're here. This is your job. Yeah. And be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. Yeah. Right? So That's it's a job. <laughs> yeah. Right? Motivation, right? It's motivation too, right? Yeah. It's like, hey. It's... <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what's, what's the best advice that has been given to you? Trust God. Mm-hmm. Trust God, right? Proverbs. Three, that's a five, lot. Right? That's a that's a lot right there, though. Yeah, it seems simple. Right. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways, all gotcha. all thy ways. Right. Everything that you do, pause mm-hmm. and think about the impact. Yeah. Right. And that's not a difficult thing to do if you walk at a regular pace. Yeah. Knowing that you're accountable. To somebody higher than yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you have some direction. Absolutely. In every, think about it. Your finances. Right? Your domestic life. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with pausing and saying, wait a minute, Lord. Is this the right thing? And then in being patient. Is this the right decision? Is this the right person? Who, who is before me? Who am I talking to? What is my hands in? Right? Yeah. Right. And you learn, I'm telling you, if if you you get bit enough. And then then he says it in, in, in Corinthians, the twelfth chapter, he says he gives there's a, a gift called discernment of spirits. Yeah. Because you're dealing with the devil. Right. Everybody doesn't have discernment, though. 
Or do they? But they just you, haven't. I think into you it. do. I think that. Or you ignore. Now it. you may not have the gift of discernment, right? Yeah. But everybody has a level of discernment, right? You have an internal algebraic clock, right? When you stand on the corner, right? Yeah. And you see that light, and you see traffic going back and forth, right? If it wasn't a light, something in here is making calculations. Say, you better not step out there. <laughs> yeah, that. But that that's God, right? Would you say that? I think that a that, lot of people say that, like when they hear the voice. I think that it's, or I, I I think there's a balance between the promises of God and common sense, right? Right. We we could go up here on this roof, right, on the sixth floor, right, and and go out and when you look down, right, yeah, there's something internal. That's <laughs> that says, oh, don't be stupid. Consciousness, right? Yes. Awareness. Yes. And, and he gives us that. But as we're Christians, that is heightened, like to another level. Yes. Right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a crazy question that yes, I ask everybody at the end of my interviews. Okay. It's always, um, it's thought-provoking. But it can be kind of crazy. Okay. So if you could choose your age forever, what age would you choose and why? Mm. So like I want to be this age and stay this age forever. Probably 35. Why? Why 35? Because you're young enough. Yeah. Right? You don't have the problems that you have when you get my age, 65. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 35 is a good age. Right? You're not. Yeah, because if because you're old enough to know better, right <laughs> and and then you are but you are virile enough to live your life and to have fun doing it, right? So yeah. if, if you had the wisdom, right? I wouldn't want to be twenty, right? Right, because that was. Just, I mean, that's fine. I mean, it you was, know, it, yeah, that's I mean, true. But but thirty five from thirty to forty, I think that in that probably in that age bracket, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you young enough, you old enough to know better, but you not too old where you you not break, you're not breaking out of down, life, right? And you, right. And you haven't been beat down by right. Right. you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I just, do. You know, your kids, you're able to enjoy your kids at that age. And, you yeah. know, um, I had my first child when we were 20 and then 21 and then 25. And so, you know, a little bit. I more. love kids. Right. But that was more of a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Had it been a few years down the line, mm-hmm. it probably, though I love them no less, mm-hmm. I was probably able to be more provisionary. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of things that, yeah. that when you're young, you just, I don't want to be that age. <laughs> right, you know, right. I think, I think between 35 and 40 is probably. Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with me today. It was a great conversation and uh, I hope uh, you'll come on again. Maybe we have another topic and you give us some insight because you have definitely um, given me a lot to think about. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Thank you. You're welcome.